3: Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah.
2: Welcome to another episode of Mr. on the Rocks, the show where we take cocktails and unsolved mysteries and put them together and you listen to it and that's good. Hello, I'm uh, Masood. With me as always is the amazing Suze Kepner.
1: Hey, whoa, my bra is here
2: oh <laughs> and fantastic chris stokes
1: i just spotted it behind me in the zoom and I was like, oh, that'll, that'll be, be that'll their, be one for the uh, on patrons patreon. <laughs> so if you join our patreon at top tier you can see my bra see we just recorded
4: a video for patreon it's right there it's right
2: But there. i didn't notice it didn't notice it at all it's
1: just a bra yeah you like, right. everyone's you, got them.
2: everyone's got bras yeah. has got
1: a bra, Everyone's you guys bra. do. Like, see, if you see a bra on its own, you're not going to go, No,
2: exactly. It's like, you know, in Tom and Jerry, when, like, Jerry would, like, yeah, as a parachute, you'd have a bra. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? I, as you a kid, like, I'm like, this why? This is very
1: sexual. Yeah, I'm like, why are
2: they bringing <laughs> this into it?
1: <laughs> that's, and then Masoo's like, yeah, that's my kink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm totally into bras. I just love bras. Hey, um, but they have to be nice hey, hey, Sarah, Sarah, go up onto the roof. <laughs> yeah. Could you just I'll be waiting jump at on. the bottom. I'll be at the bottom. I'm just gonna shoot some fireworks as well as you fly down. I just gotta uh it, we gotta get it just uh, right.
1: I'm gonna shoot some fireworks out of my dick.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna jump off the roof with a bra. I parachute.
4: wouldn't be surprised if Matt Hancock's autobiography, that was his sexual awakening, watching Jerry <laughs> the mouse. Oh,
1: jump off a roof and use a bra as a parachute. Use a bra as a
2: parachute. Watching <laughs> Jerry
4: the mouse using a bra as a parachute.
1: That is really hot. Uh, and is com-
4: so- compounded by when uh, when Tom used to pull up all of the underskirts. Oh yes, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and then and then she just you just see her ass. <laughs> she pull up every single one, and then she'd be like, "Ah, it's my ass."
2: Well, what are we drinking first?
3: Well, well, oh Chris,
4: Chris, uh, I have got a raspberry vodka martini. <gasps> oh, <gasps> that looks very nice. Chris
2: has got I like a how drink. how clear that is. How have you, did you clarify the raspberry?
5: Mm-mm.
4: No. It's raspberry vodka. So oh, it's, raspberry, it's, 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 it's gin, raspberry vodka, which is found in the cupboard. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, so it's, in theory, it should be perfectly clear. But the reason it's got a, a tiny little bit of a pink hue is because I used rosé vermouth.
1: Oh. Oh, yes, boy. Oh. Nice. Uh, it's very nice. <laughs>
4: super strong, but um, yes, it's nice. It's Christmas, yeah. it's,
2: it's,
1: Christmas. it's
2: Christmas. Um, what are you drinking, Suze?
3: Oh, baby, it's December. Have a snowball Ah. in your mouth. It's a
1: snowball.
3: I made a snowball. It's a snowball.
1: Uh, (laughs) It's a snowball.
2: For the uninitiated, what is in a snowball? Just oh yes, yeah, sorry. Um,
1: a snowball is very simple. Hmm. Avocat and then lemonade and lime. So I've just
3: put Sprite.
2: Avocat is that at Chris. Uh, <laughs> is that weird yellow bottle that you'll always see around this time of year at Sainsbury's. You're like, what is that? And it's got like red markings on it. You're like, it yeah, looks quite Mexican. it looks Mexican. like <laughs> something
1: from either the Victorian era or Abigail's party, uh, yes. Avocat. Oh, it's so delicious. It's like alcoholic custard and then you put lemonade with it. It's dead nice. However, it's not so nice if you are dared to drink it straight from the bottle while people count down from 30. Yeah.
2: Uh, so um, let's hear this story. <laughs> I, I did that. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: that's the this end story. of the story. are going
1: like, and, and I'm, I'm saying like, it ruined my life. It obviously didn't. I'm drinking it now. I didn't waste a drop, <laughs> boys. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, wow. it's like custard. It's, it's uh. eating me alive.
3: <laughs> it's hard for
1: cars, eating me
2: alive. <laughs> oh, my stomach. Take me to a hospital. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Frank, it's because you ate a dead crow. <laughs> crow I thought sick. the
2: alcohol would oh, disinfect it.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh.
4: <laughs> We've had three Christmases on this show, and that's the first... Snowball,
1: yes, is it? it is. I think yeah. Have I not done anything with avocado? I probably haven't actually. No. This is Mystery on the
4: Rocks' this third Christmas.
1: Mm. Oh my god! Yeah, we started recording November twenty eighteen. Yeah, yes, three wow. years ago, more than three years ago, because it came up on my Facebook memories. I think we recorded our first episode proper early December twenty eighteen. We, yes. we did a pilot first, and it was with um, Neve, and then we went out after that and we went to Freud's do you remember them?
5: yeah
1: ah, and we've got that to go back awesome. we were going to go there today <gasps> oh. and then I did a bit <laughs> and then they're
2: like can't come in mate absolutely yeah. not yeah
1: guys uh, so this...
4: it, it, if anything then it's our fourth Christmas but it's our third Christmas while it's been a out in the
5: ether oh that's true in, in, yeah yes, That's yeah, true yeah. yes huh huh what did hmm.
1: we do Christmas 2019 oh I destroyed my ankle
4: yes the Christmas episode 2019 was the smokehead one and then yes. the new year one was the first time we met Ken Brennan oh in real <laughs> life if only so <laughs> years. Years. Uh, and then Christmas 2020 was obviously last year where yeah. we just had a little bit of a, we had did a silly thing like we did last week
2: oh yes
1: I remember I remember oh yeah and the episode we recorded a couple of days after Christmas mm-hmm. I remember because I was riddled with Covid at that point and it was there put your hands on
2: oh yes it was the hands off yeah yeah that's right Egg Wizards Dawn of
4: the Egg Wizards yes
1: it fucking was wasn't it it ended up being a really good episode but it was quite a dreamy quality to me (laughs) I've finished my snowball I'm going to start drinking some Cafe Patron Um,
4: Mm. what are you drinking with
2: Well, this is an interesting thing. I bought some amaro recently, and by recently Ooh. I mean this afternoon. Um, what is amaro? That's, that's really recent. That is very recent. Wow,
1: that's like today. <laughs> it's a
2: it's a bitters not unlike, Campari in some respects. It's quite mm-hmm. it's more herbaceous, I guess. Uh, and I have it. Okay. I'm having it with
0: cider. Herbaceous,
2: it's, dude. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> totally it's herbaceous. herbaceous <laughs> it's The one catchphrase that didn't catch on with the Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> I. Yeah, it's it's that and cider, and it is pretty good. It tastes really complex, even though it's is just two ingredients. Is there a name for that? Uh, not yet. Let's find one.
4: Oh, it's a Masood original.
1: Ooh. Ooh, let's call it.
3: Um...
4: This crow's eating me up, insider.
3: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, 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 one hundred percent. This crow's eating me up, insider. <laughs>
3: Oh my God!
2: Yep, that's it. That's what it's called. Fantastic, Chris. What what do you have for us this fine fine day?
4: It's the kidnapping of Casper Holstein. Oh,
2: oh, and by the way, if you have just tuned in, uh, like oh a yeah, fucking radio show. <laughs> um, oh yeah,
1: hi. We you're are listening
2: to. we are well in the midst, I guess, of our geopolitics.
4: Geopolitics, uh, war, and espionage. Is war and the loose espionage is the loose theme,
2: theme of this
4: uh, this season. Last week we were in 1928. This Ooh. week, we begin in 1928. Ooh. Sweet! So the murder
1: and of Casper... And, by the way, if you uh, love this shit... No, good stuff. And you go, hmm, once a week's great, but imagine if I could have it all the time. Ooh. You can go to patreon.com slash mysteryontherocks, or one word, and you can join our Patreon and get loads of stuff for free. All you have to do is pay. <laughs> <laughs> it's free there's all kinds of great stuff on there and if you join at the top tier you get uh, special stuff like you get a mug hoodie um, t-shirt poster all delivered to you Mm. yum yum
2: yes don't eat them please don't eat them
1: don't eat them Guess a life (laughs) see you there
2: Um, (laughs) see you we'll see you there (laughs) Uh, I didn't say
4: anything then because the dog was barking
1: I
3: heard Uh, the dog barking
4: I I was like if I say anything that has to stay in Ah, uh, yeah. The dog has That's to be right. like, barking, so I was like, I just instantly can, thought of the
2: dog barking, that yes. Simpsons bit where Lisa's trying to talk to Dad, uh, Dad Homer, and he's her like dad. Uh, her Dad, Homer, and Homer's like lying on the couch. He's like, shh, Lisa, the dog is barking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like, huh? huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, huh? A, had like a watchdog thing on TV. Yeah, she's
1: trying
3: to t- talk to him. Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Goes on for so long. <laughs> yeah it's like it. <laughs> my
1: my stand up's got that dog's energy <laughs> no, huh? No. Huh? No. <laughs> huh? and you think it's you're like oh surely she's finished with this bit now huh? No, huh? No. Huh?
2: shh honey the woman's
1: <laughs> <talking>. <laughs> someone in the audience Susie's talking
2: Suze's <laughs> talking so we start with the murder
1: 1928
4: of... no not the murder the
5: no the
2: murder the kidnapping, the kidnapping Casper for a a ghost <laughs> Kidnapping is not we we very have we covered kidnappings before I think we have covered like one or two um, is like, in strict kidnapping yeah
4: that's a good point actually like where they return safely
2: oh no we did that woman who was kidnapped and t- but from the hotel she worked at the, ho- the airport yeah. Ken, yeah, yeah Ken Brennan, Ken Brennan. Oh, yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: oh god and she was very lucky to survive yeah, yeah.
2: my goodness so we have covered a handful of kidnappings. I was, just, I was just sort of thinking, have we? I think we
5: have. Yeah,
4: you're right, you're right. Well, th- this one is this one's a weird, a, 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 an interesting one. Hmm. Um, did you ever watch Boardwalk Empire? A little I bit, never yeah. I
2: like never did. I never did. three it episodes. Good? Like I enjoyed it. it. I think it, it was quite
4: good. If you only watched a few episodes, you maybe not, didn't get to season four or five. No, definitely. <laughs> there was yeah. a character in season four or five of Boardwalk Empire played by Jeffrey Wright, and that character oh. was based on Casper Holstein. Okay. Okay. Casper Holstein was a prominent New York mobster. Ooh. He was a black guy He was involved in the Harlem number rackets, which were like a like an illegal lottery in working class areas. Basically, yes. like a, like illegal gambling. Um, yeah, yeah. In it's Harlem, a, it's
1: like in Guys and Dolls. Like it's a crap game. And you're like, well, don't have it if it's crap. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: and uh, he was. Along with a rival uh, called Stephanie St. Clair, oh. uh, who was a prominent female black uh, racketeer.
1: This is so cool. Why do I
2: know movies about these two? I know he's in ah. Boardwalk Empire, but still, these guys sound great.
1: So they feature this in Boardwalk Empire.
4: They were sort of like rivals, and they were kind of responsible for bringing back illegal gambling back into Harlem after oh. Peter H. Matthews had been uh, convicted and uh, arrest in 1915. Mm-hmm. So kay. the the arrest of Peter H Matthews uh, and the conviction of him sort of like cleaned up this area of crime. Yeah, the the illegal gambling until Casper Holstein and Stephanie St Clair came along.
2: Oh shit! Okay, uh, That's when they and
4: Casper Kas- Holstein became known as the Belito King, and Belito was this specific type of lottery, oh. uh, okay, uh, amongst the working class. Uh, hispanic italian and black population
2: yeah in right. harlem right gotcha oh
4: shit uh, it's really just that uh it sounds really simple a hundred numbered balls it's a tombola <laughs> they they, they yeah. put a hundred small numbered balls it's a, tombola. A <laughs> uh, it's a tombola and uh they uh they place them into a bag they mix them thoroughly and bets were taken on which numbered would come out <laughs> so, oh, it's, so it's right. like
1: our lottery now basically yeah
4: yeah okay Except
2: it's run bleater, by him.
1: the Bolita lottery. Yeah. Okay. The Bolito
4: King. Um, he wasn't born Casper. He was his birth name was Egbert Joseph Holstein. <laughs> J- Egbert
3: <laughs> Egbert. <laughs> I'm so sorry. i <laughs> <laughs> Look That's such team. an un
2: gangster name. <laughs> Name's Egbert. Is it? <laughs> <Why did laughs> you fucking nerd? <laughs> well, of course, why
4: did he change it? Yeah. You can imagine, actually, in like a in like a gangster thriller, they'd meet an Egbert and they'd all burst out laughing. And yeah. then he'd get really. <laughs> jo- Joe Pesci would play Egbert. Would play and he'd Egbert.
2: And be like, well, my <sighs> why is my me? name funny you? Yeah. want to
1: fuck with me? And they'd yeah. be like, ha ha ha. And then he'd blow one of them. Yeah. And then he'd, so,
2: yeah. he'd just like smash it like pistol whips. I'm the and, Oklahoma kid
4: one of his confidants sort of like in a back room would say I really think you should maybe think about changing the name you know maybe think about a different name from Egbert and then he just and goes he glass he just, sort of like, he just sort of like nods and then sort of like yeah just smashes his head off a table yeah
1: <laughs>
4: you fucking mutt <laughs> yeah
1: change my fucking name and then he gets him to you know who it. gave me my like, name my
4: mother are you insulting
1: my fucking mother <laughs> and she's played by Catherine Scorsese and yeah. she's like one dog looks one way one dog no looks other way go so what hey guys I tweeted the other day I just tweeted the Catherine Scorsese cinematic universe, and I walked away like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's good, that's good. What I just tweeted. Uh,
4: C- Casper was born Egbert. <laughs> uh, he was born uh, of mixed African and Danish descent in the Danish West Indies, which then wow, uh, which yeah. then became uh, they're now known as the Virgin Islands. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he moved Is that
1: true? Oh, right. Is what true? Because there's yeah, because there's the British Virgin Islands and the American Virgin Islands. Uh, yeah. So yes. they're now the but they U.S. They were originally Danish.
4: They're now the U.S. Virgin Islands, yeah. Ah, that's nice. And awesome. uh, uh, he was born in 1876, 1884. So when he was eight years old, he moved to New York City with his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, his father was owner of a large farm, and he he his so he, his dad's dad had been uh, a Danish officer in the uh, Danish West Indies colonial militia. Okay. okay. So I, uh, from what from that, I gather that he wasn't born struggling. Yeah. Like, yeah, I,
1: it, yeah. he got that military background. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah, so the military background, the farm owner, like it wasn't... Yeah. They, maybe not wealthy, but they weren't like...
2: Yeah, they weren't... this school did him Anyway,
4: so he, he then went to high school in Brooklyn. And okay. yeah. let's remember that he's gone now to New York and Brooklyn. He's a black guy. Uh, yes. To them, he's black. There's no yeah. like...
2: Yeah, they're not going the, like it's not on, a it? yeah. Mm. yeah.
4: So he enlisted in the navy following his graduation and he fought in World War 1. Oh shit. During World War 1, he was able to go back to where he was born uh, because he was stated he was stationed in what was then now uh, the US Virgin the Islands, US Virgin Islands yeah. It had changed in the meantime. And then after okay. the war he worked as a janitor in a dorm in Manhattan, eventually became a messenger, uh, and then uh, got promoted to head messenger for a broker on Wall Street.
1: Hey, oh. this links back to our first thing when we talked about Rasputin, Iliador.
2: Iliadore. oh, Remember the he messenger. So, he
1: was working as a janitor at the Met building, wasn't
2: oh, yes. he? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit.
4: You're right, yeah. yeah. Um, no. Also, actually, you've just, you've just, you just you set something happened? off in my brain, which is now we're in New York yeah. in 1928. Not long after this, in New York in 1929, Isidore Fink, the laundry owner, gets shot in a locked room. Oh,
3: which was one of our first ever mysteries that Holy we ever covered shit. on this podcast. Whoa.
4: In New yeah.
3: York, you can be a new man. In New York, you can...
4: <laughs> can. It was while he was working as that messenger for Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street broker, he became familiar with the stock market. And he started, even though he was a messenger, he just sort of like surreptitiously studied what the system was and the numbers. Yeah. And from Great then, time
1: to get into the stock market. Uh, <laughs> from then, he was Anything
4: able... Be gravy. <laughs> yeah, he was, it just uh, keeps going up. <laughs> he was able to devise a, a lottery system based on what he learned from the stock market. Oh, well, shit. Uh, yeah, okay. it
1: fucking is a bloody lottery. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> well, that's money playing. <laughs>
4: Previously, under the guy that was running the illegal rackets before Matthews, who had now he'd been put in prison in 1915. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, it doesn't say whether he was put in prison, but he was convicted anyway. Yeah. So it's sort of like he stopped trading as this. When Matthews uh, was like in charge, the number was set by a system. It was a, a set of digits, not zero to nine. They were drawn mm-hmm. out at random and they were posted in a clubhouse. Uh, but that allowed for the organizer to cut losses because he could fix the outcome. Yeah, of course, right. And it created yeah. limitations on disseminating the winning number out to the gamblers so they could sort of like say this is going to win and whatever. So right. okay. were,
2: this is, this uh, is the old system. This is, this is before Casper. Yeah. Got but involved. there
4: were unrelated statistical numbers published by newspapers that Holstein could found out could be used by the organizer instead. So, uh, Using an outside thing to determine the numbers. Oh right, right, yeah, okay. Rather
2: than, rather than, yeah, uh, okay. Rather than them saying, like, "Oh, I we'll pick so, the number, right. it will be fine." The, yeah,
4: to stop the fixing. Yeah, the U.S. customs house receipts, in the New York Stock Exchange daily show, daily show volume, and leading horse race uh, betting handles—they were all used to set the daily number in this lottery. So they'd go to the newspapers uh, and what was in there—that would, right, the would set the, for the numbers the mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Oh, that's really clever. That's and really that meant idea. a
4: larger number of gamblers could play the same game with a severely reduced chance of it being fixed.
2: Yes. But would the stakes hey. of winning be higher for them? Would they have a higher uh, chance I, of
4: winning? I guess, or maybe if more people are playing, then the winnings would be divided. But the point is, is is mm-hmm. that he found a way of opening it up to be, I guess, fairer, uh, so more people would play. That would make him more money. More money, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've got to understand what year we in, 1928. So, yeah. Um, Uh, at this point i think it's a little bit earlier than this when he's working as the messenger i think it's sort of like just as prohibition begins oh and just as prohibition begins that's when it goes a little bit underground and the his holstein's own lottery system became like really popular yeah and that's how he became known as the belita king yeah and he went on to earn from this after working as a messenger on on on, uh wall street By doing this and sort of, sort of like getting into this game, he went on to earn an estimated $2 million from the law. Holy <gasps> shit.
1: In, in like 100 years ago money, nearly, ni- you know, 90 mm. plus years ago money. So
4: 1928,
2: and is it?
1: Can I ask, I don't know, Chris, you might not know the answer to this. Were there black stockbrokers in this time? Or was it a case of like a messenger is the... Best possible oh, is it job like um, in yeah? Finance. What's the
4: highest job you could get in that?
1: Yeah, and like if you're a black guy working in finance, is like okay, I can be a messenger or were there black stockbrokers? Well, I always Wouldn't thought
4: that know? anyone could buy stocks. So I guess mm. when you're to- talking about like whether who was selling the stocks, I don't know. If you Google yeah. blacks, black uh, black stockbroker, stockbrokers <laughs> 1920s, which is what I did, uh, you, it comes up to me. It says things like 1929 stock market crash, known as Black Thursday, and things. Oh like
1: that. Like, yeah, of course.
2: Uh, sixteen million dollars.
3: Someone's um. That's what he like, would have.
2: That's what he would have made. Two million. Wow,
3: sixteen million. What did you say? That One
2: million so or great. two million? Sorry, I $2, two million dollars. $2 $2 oh, then thirty-two million
1: dollars. It's like his succession when he goes. Uh he, see, Greg goes. He said he'd give me five million dollars if I leave the firm, and <laughs> and Tom's like, "You can't do anything with five million dollars. You're rich, but not rich enough to stop working." And I'm like, oh <laughs> God,
3: you people, you people! I know it just
2: makes me fucking sick. Mm. I'm just like, what? What?
3: <laughs>
4: Doesn't he also say you, you'd be like the tallest dwarf? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: What's it where um? He, have you seen that where they taste their wine from their vineyard? oh so good uh, it's such
1: a metaphor for their fucked up marriage you know, they're just like oh it's uh, earthy it's,
2: um. he go, he.
1: So eventually they're drinking it like, mm, and then he goes it's not it's not very good
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do love that I watched that clip again where where he's throwing the bottles at Greg and he's like I don't like so the feelings good. that you're making me feel yes. Greg <laughs> can uh, we have like an open business relationship
1: <laughs> Matthew McFadden is he's incredible. why do we keep talking about succession I'm he's sorry it's, it Matthew best. McFadden is like an unbelievable actor because he played a hot Mr. Darcy like a Colin Firth rivaling hot Mr. Darcy Whoa. he also plays Tom Wamsgums <laughs> <laughs> um, so, good. so sorry Chris
2: you were saying so he 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 made yeah th- about 32 million dollars in today's money from this from this racket, yeah. racket.
4: Now, this is how obviously he made his fortune yes mm. but I don't know. How, I don't know. Have I told you enough about Casper Holstein yet? Um, how what, whether whether you like the cut of his jib yet? Whether you like the guy or not? I don't know. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I. So far, I like his tenacity. I'm imagining he's really smart. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I like he strikes so as the kind of guy. Are if we I... about to find out, like he liked to murder children on the side. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like if I met him at a bar, be like, what a nice guy. And then now we yeah. find out. Yeah.
4: Well, what if what I told nice you he guy. did not enjoy the movie Twins? Oh, <laughs> fuck of this guy bitch.
3: fuck him fuck, fuck him in
4: his ear okay so, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this a little bit later so in 1932 mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy named Dixie Davis <laughs> he was the courthouse attorney he was the courthouse attorney who'd provided service for the runners for many of these operations yes okay. right. this guy the attorney decided he could make more money if he were to take over a central organiser right okay so he was like okay. I see this and I want it so in order to enforce his taking of this, he brought in the mobster Dutch Schultz. Dutch.
2: Schultz. Oh, I haven't heard of him. Feels familiar. Uh, but
1: anyway. I feel like I should.
4: He, he was like uh, he was like a big big time mobster, mm-hmm. uh, okay. and Dutch Schultz. He could see that prohibition, which prohibition was like obviously dreadful for your everyday person, but it was great for the gangsters. Oh yeah, Got absolutely. Sure. Uh, uh, he could see that it was. Coming to its end, so he wanted uh, something that could like keep him tied him over. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he could see that prohibition was on its way. Out. So Dutch Schultz decided that he wanted a se- the central role as well. So one by one, a lot of these lotteries, the num they call them numbers, uh, uh, numbers games, the numbers operators, they were picked up one by one by Schultz, and they were just told by Schultz, "Hey, you work for me now. You deal with me now." Yeah. Oh shit! Sure. Okay. Most complied. But he was resisted by Stephanie Saint Clair and somebody called Bumpy Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, old Bumpy Johnson! <laughs> uh, uh, he I was this
1: a... poor guy's not just got like acne scars. No, no, no. Yeah. Bumpy
4: Johnson. He was another black crime boss oh. in, uh, in acne Harlem. Scars. Anyway, but
1: it's bumpy. <laughs> so when
4: it comes to when it comes to Holstein, our friend Casper, he actually saw himself as more than a uh, more than a gangster. And he had sort of like a, I guess like, not like a, not like a Blues Brothers mission from God, but he, he had like a a political goal, like a, not a a goal in politics. He wanted to bring about change, I guess. Yeah, Um, right. uh, So he thought that his, uh, his mission would be undermined by violence. So he didn't resist. He just dropped out of active and central involvement overseeing street collection. He just sort of like was like, okay, and walked away. Um, and then the numbers games they kept operating, but uh, with mostly black collectors, uh, mid-level management. Uh, but it was white leadership. So when Casper w- w- sort of oh, like, like sports
2: teams, yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah.
4: So when Casper walked, it was then like white uh, white gangsters at the top, and then sort of like uh, right. uh, uh, minorities doing all the heavy lifting. Yes. Ah. Uh, although Stephanie St Clair and Bumpy Johnson, they remained hmm. involved as well.
5: So okay. That.
4: Holstein continued on the he continued on the periphery as a wholesale layoff gambler for several years uh, but eventually uh, they caught up with him in 1937 he stopped but that's that's by the by. Okay. While this was all happening once he'd made the money he became a major donor towards charitable causes such as building dormitories at black colleges and financing Mm. a lot of the uh, struggling artists and writers and poets during the Harlem Renaissance. Okay. He bought the mortgage on the New York, New York Hall of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, as it was called, wow. right. and allowed it to continue and to be used as a black function hall. So he was piping all of the money he had been making into... Legit businesses. Uh, uh, not just legit businesses, but charities and sort of like yeah. trying to help struggling black artists and cool. students.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: I like him now. Okay. I mean, I liked him before, but now I think, I think I'm starting to fall in love with him.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, This guy, he's like Robin Hood.
4: Yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, th- when, um, so he bought, he bought the the New York Hall of the UNIA um, <laughs> until the Marcus Garvey organization collapsed. He, uh, Marcus Garvey, he was a Jamaican activist, publisher, journalist, entrepreneur, and mm. speaker. And he was the first, he was the founder of this association. Right. Oh. But when, when his organization collapsed. The site was then developed by Casper as Holstein Court, which was a residential building for Black business owners and professionals.
1: Right, and then he
4: helped he helped establish a Baptist school uh, in Liberia, and he also established hurricane relief fund for his native Virgin Islands. Oh
1: wow! Holy shit! This, this guy—he guy. he sounds like uh, in like the era he was living in. He went, "What's the best thing I can do within society?" Yeah. It was that because he obviously, you know, he was like, okay, I'm a black guy 90 years ago. Am I going to be able to become a governor or something like that? He's like, no.
0: But then I'll just, cool. I'll
2: just spend it, like fucking improving, bringing everyone up. Mm. Let's bring That's everybody it. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck I me. Like him. This guy's great. I'm, I'm damn. Let's. I want to see a picture. <laughs> 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 What's name again? Casper what?
4: Holstein. H O L S. There it is. Let's
2: see. Images. It's
1: a German name, I think, because there's a horse breed called Holstein. Uh, yeah, he's
2: very, uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, probably, uh,
1: yeah.
2: Very old
4: school.
1: I think Amir Masood would definitely take turns with him. Yeah. <laughs> he's very serious. In what photos, if he
4: insisted, but... both of you at once?
2: yeah oh. fine I'd, yeah I'd say,
1: all right stop looking at me You'll yeah, me yeah I have it. to
2: wear a blindfold I can't uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't Masood doesn't want to see me <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wear a blindfold
1: Masood's like get, yeah. get away from my end it just <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm working this end over here okay you work
1: your Masood, end I'm playing both sides <laughs> and I'm like oh, stop winking at me when you say it and Chris is just outside like on his phone yeah. Chris is like text, text oh, he
2: <laughs> sat in the car waiting to take us home Yeah, be, like, I, hope they're,
4: I hope they're having fun okay,
1: a pa- yeah a parking inspector comes yeah. by and Chris is like don't worry I'm not going to be long
2: yeah he's he sat there listening to the radio smoking cigarette after cigarette and <laughs> <laughs> so
4: they when they say no you can't park there you've got to move on I'll be like okay okay and then I'm like I don't know they're not going to be looking at their phones but you I guess like, if, I, if I message them now and just say look I'm coming <laughs> back but I, I, to mo- I have to I have to move on. He, like, he said I their- had
1: to move I like, they've got
4: to they've got to get dressed. They'll check their phones when they're
5: done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of them will check their phone. They've oh, got to get dressed. They've got
2: to get But then
4: dressed. I then, then, then I get the two blue ticks. Uh, uh <laughs> and it? I I'm still oh. still for ages and I'm like there's a congestion charge there's There's yeah. Oh, I, the darts and they the go. Fucking bossy. They're like guys, listen. I really hope you've had a nice time, but I'd really appreciate you letting me know what's actually (laughs) going to happen now. Like, do you need need a lift home? Or, like, am I just going to see you back at the place? Because this is
1: a lot and then we get another message that goes this can't still be going on yeah and meanwhile we're like oh shit sorry we went for mcdonald's we after went for,
2: yeah we bought some we bought some nuggets
1: <laughs> we went for nuggets after
4: i've just used the find my friend's app it seems like you're back at the place anyway did you get a cab or something because i've been waiting out all night <laughs> mm,
1: i want you two to have fun but i don't see why this is guys Monday. no i'm
4: glad you had i'm glad you had a nice time and i know listen i know i know it was your thing and i wasn't invited but i i, <laughs> I just feel like this is a bit this was this was shitty behavior
2: <laughs>
1: masood just says that who said you weren't invited and then i accidentally send something that i was going to send someone else yes i just i'm related i'm like hey um around this wednesday and then you're both like yeah but why just say to masood that are you and i'm like shit that was for someone else yeah <laughs> and then there's an atmosphere <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then you're like so are you, are you are you are you still out then, Chris? Because um, we could really do with some milk. Some milk. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You still out?
2: Asking for nuggets. I want more nuggets.
1: Masood <laughs> says more nuggets.
4: And I'd be like, fine, but please, please. Don't get ahead on Succession again. I'm always behind <laughs> on so I don't watch anything while i have got. Me
3: and
1: Masood have are rewatching Succession. No spoilers.
4: I I am like fine, I'll pick up some milk. Fine. I'm not going to be an arsehole about it. And yeah. then I and then and then I see that oh, Seuss Kepner tweeted. Oh my god, latest episode of Succession. <laughs> I go spoiler Holy alert shit. and Chris
1: is like, "Oh, she did say spoiler alert." But then you you kind of read 10 words all at once. When you look at when I like get back
4: in, I don't know why because it's it's not it's not them days. But the mm. the, the, the there's like the, just white noise static on the TV, <laughs> on TV. <laughs> and y- you have both fallen asleep on the sofa, and I'm yeah, we well, like, a busy <laughs> afternoon. And I'm you? just oh, like, geez. oh fuck sake, and then I just put a blanket over both. of Yes.
1: And you're like, oh, Susan's spilt out of the car. She can clean that up. And then, t- then t- I'm
4: woken <laughs> I'm woken up I'm woken up the next morning by Susie's going. Full fat milk, fuck sake.
1: <laughs> I like full fat milk, so I would not complain. Masood, oh, on the other hand, wow, yeah,
2: He's a skimmed stand, guy. I'm absolutely skimmed, semi-skimmed, please. Don't even don't even, don't even bother with Masood's the skim.
1: Masood's like green top, baby. <laughs>
2: green top. I actually. So I hate skimmed milk.
4: Anyway, keep going. I quite enjoyed that little S- short, short mystery on the rocks film. That was
2: quite fun. <laughs> so he's been. He's he's just being a legend. Sounds like Casper yeah. just.
3: Yeah. Just yeah. Robin Hood um,
4: in it. It's, it's actually telling because I don't think he wanted to jeopardize that stuff that he'd built by yes. putting up a re- resistance to Dutch Schultz. Do you know no. what I mean? So he was just oh, like, fine. Okay.
5: Sure.
4: Which sucks, actually, because it's sort of like Dutch Schultz is like, I'm going to take what I want. And um, he's like, yeah. He. By the end of the 1920s, Holstein was was it like a leading, a dominant figure in Harlem's policy operators.
2: Yeah. Heck
4: yeah! Both he and Stephanie Saint Clair, and this might be why they were rivals—not just because they were both working the same game, mm-hmm. but they also both claimed to have invented the way that the numbers ah. games chose the winning number. Sure. Uh, okay. He controlled a large-scale numbers-running operation, but he also had—he uh, also had the legitimate businesses, the charity causes, and he also ran some nightclubs as well. His income m- at this point, Masood, and get your get your calculator out. Okay. Uh, his income at this point in the late 1920s could have been as high as $12,000 a day.
2: $12,000 a day? Whoa. That's in Jesus them Christ. money. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Hang on a minute. $12,000 a day? Uh, $12,000... Tw- what was this? This is ni- this is a bit... Lo- this is 1930, though, isn't it? 19- well, end
4: of 1920, so put 1928. We'll put
2: 1928. It's
1: 28 <laughs> money. Adjusted
4: to now, $180,000. Whoa! Yeah. Um. And he wasn't stingy either. He was generous with it. So,
1: Okay. Uh,
4: That's so nice. much so that the New York Times called him Harlem's favourite hero. Harlem's
1: favourite hero. So New York Times were behind him. Yeah. Uh, or at least like... just
4: reporting on him, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, in 1928, he was kidnapped by five white men.
1: Jesus. Yeah.
4: And a ransom was put out, demanded for $50,000.
5: Shit. Well, he
1: could pay that. Yeah, he
4: could pay that. He could pay that in half a day.
2: <laughs> just, <you> know, <laughs> it's a I just like the idea that I like, oh, should go with the ghost thing. No, nope, black people aren't scared of ghosts. I don't know where you got this from.
1: don't <laughs> <laughs> you pretend to be a ghost. <laughs> That'll scare the shit out of him. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. You spent too much time in Hollywood. <laughs>
4: um but the reason that this is a mystery is because it's never really been explained why he was
2: kidnapped or
4: No, uh, or 3 days later because this is 1928 now. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, what if I told you he lived until 1944?
1: Oh, of the shit. Oh, wow. That kidnapping was long.
4: Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, he, uh, the kidnapping lasted for three days. Okay. <laughs> and three
1: days. Uh, yeah, but in today's money, how long is that?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Judging for inflation, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> about 40 years.
1: <laughs>
4: he was released.
2: By his captors. They, they released him. him. Okay. So no, they didn't pay his... They didn't pay. His he
4: insisted ransom. no ransom was ever paid. Oh. Hmm. And no really one paid. has ever really explained it.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
4: temporary newspaper article from the new york times september the 24th 1928 oh it's a horrible headline so i won't read it it just says freed by captors five seized in plot okay it does say that people were seized oh okay
2: so five five these five white guys were caught or seized at least Sees definitely feels like something... Yeah, I guess I like they knew that he was
4: kidnapped by five white men, unless he also testified, and it was like it was five white guys that did it, but...
2: Yeah. Was he, were these... Did they, The people who seized them, were they knights from the 1800s? <laughs> <Does it laughs> seize those white men!
1: <laughs>
2: it just seems very strange. And seizing, also in my head, also just means we just hold them here where we're standing, and we're not arresting them. We're just, just going to hold on to them for a bit. Oh, we got to let them go? Okay, fine.
5: Yeah. Um,
2: <sighs> So they were caught, they weren't like, were they tried or convicted or.? Because kidnapping is still a crime. <laughs> you still get arrested for that. It's not well, one of those ones where you get seized and then they let you go. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. It's not like jaywalking. Yeah. No, you
2: can still get arrested for that.
4: <laughs> it, it gets a bit complicated, Masood, because the. Mm. So they were released. Really, according to this article. From the New York Times, September fourth, twenty fourth, nineteen twenty eight. casper Holstein, wealthy realty man, is set free at Liberty Uptown with three dollars in taxi fare. So they gave him like he had. Th- they oh, gave him a taxi fare. That's lovely. <laughs> um, He's been a prisoner since Friday. He was hidden in two different houses, robbed of money and a ring. He tells police. Casper I'll read it verbatim from the nineteen twenty eight article. casper Holstein, wealthy Harlem. Oh, they use that word just to describe. It's horrible. Uh, it's really horrible. Do you mean what? Negro?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Don't nah. don't worry. Don't read it because it is awful. <laughs> it's such it, a, it, I, I hate it. In those old articles,
4: you're like, ah, like I was reading.
2: It t-
1: used, it's so weird, isn't it? It's just a word that people used to be like, yeah. I can't that's believe what say it because to, to me, like, a black guy. Yeah,
4: because later on they say white men in the same sentence. So it's like, oh. can't you say? It's so like. I mean, yeah, surely so. it
1: wasn't considered racist to say. Black man, no, well, no I,
4: it, but it also I don't think it was. It's so strange because if you remember, it was actually um, Marcus Garvey, yeah, who was a black Jamaican who mm. actually founded the Universal Improvement Association. He oh, called, yeah, yeah
1: kind of so, just so, was so, a word. I know, yeah.
4: I know. It's it's just it's just today it weighs heavy and it's like, yeah.
2: yeah it's, it, I was reading Tom Sawyer and I was like, because uh, <laughs> they say it, I'm like.
3: Oh my god! It's
2: fine. The book is fine, but I'm like, damn it! This word, I just and kind then, of every now and again, I'm upset. like, Ugh.
1: what? Like it's But it, you, we still have to explain. There are still people who go, well, in my day, you could say yeah. coloured, and trying to explain to people why coloured is bad, mm. it, they don't get their heads around it. You're like, what do you mean they're coloured? What? And we're not. That's yeah. the whole. If you want to break it down to that level, surely we're coloured too. And they you see their brains, like they're like that gif of Winona Ryder going, Huh? Ooh, <laughs> <Yeah>. huh? <Ooh." laughs> like, guys, it's really not that complicated anyway.
2: So they sorry to Chris. So the, the the article Oh yeah, so the,
4: this is the article. Kidnapped Caspar Holstein, wealthy Harlem black man, kidnapped <laughs> by honkies early on <laughs> <Harlem. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Kidnapped by
2: honkies. <laughs> That's my
4: favourite. Uh, Uh,
2: um, i
1: got coffee tequila all over myself (laughs) (laughs) it's eating me alive
4: (laughs) and reported held for fifty thousand dollars ransom he was freed at 140th street and amsterdam avenue at 2 a.m today Mm. he had been held prisoner in two different houses until last night and then had been driven blindfolded and gagged a long way he said and before his captors put him out of the automobile one of them handed him three one dollar bills for taxi cab fare to his home in 144th street a few doors from south avenue Instead of going home, he went to the turf club at one hundred and eleven West Twenty Sixty Three. J.K. Street. Rowling was
5: there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, it says here of which he was president, so he was president of the turf club. Oh, oh how do you feel about that? starting to like yeah, him. Yeah.
1: He's like, hey, Julie Bindle, yeah. hey, Julie Birchall, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Graham Linehan.
4: There, he was greeted enthusiastically by clubmates and friends who had feared that he'd been killed because they'd seen him. Wow.
3: Yeah, okay. Right, yeah.
4: Then he went to the West One Hundred Thirty Fifth Street station, so he then went to the police. Uh, right. Where he sat for more than an hour telling detectives his story of what happened since Friday morning, uh, I, I said. I already that hate
1: this. Yeah.
4: Holstein said that shortly after Thursday midnight he went to call on a friend at 225, uh, 225 West 156th Street. A lot of numbers in these addresses. Um, yeah. But failing to find his friend at home, he started for his own home on foot. He then reached, he'd reached within a few doors of his home, when an automobile drew up, with, uh, drew up at the curb, and several white men with pistols in their hands jumped out.
2: Shit.
4: He said he saw altogether five white men and there were two white women in the car. He added that the men pretended to be policemen. We want you at headquarters, one of them said to him as they hustled him into the machine. It's weird that they called the car's machines. Welcome (laughs) to the machine. He said that he told them he was quite willing to go to headquarters, though he did not know any reason for such action. One of the men then hit him on the head with the butt of a pistol uh, and the others beat him. Then they gagged and blindfolded him. And he became unconscious and regained consciousness on the ride. So the car he went, uh, the car pulled up at a house and he was taken inside, put in a bedroom. The bandage over his eyes was removed. His uh, money, which he had on him in cash, about seventy-two dollars, and a diamond ring worth two grand, were taken from him. And his hands and feet were securely bound with wire and cloth.
5: Sure.
1: I mean, that diamond ring is worth a lot of yeah. money, then. That's like thirty-five thousand
4: pound ring he said he was put on the floor with two of the captors standing guard over him after spending several hours in this house he was again blindfolded taken to a car and driven to another house this house was somewhere near the first one where he was first held uh, because the drive was short Mm. in the second house he was held prisoner all Saturday and on Saturday night he was taken back to the first house and again put in the bedroom in this case he was also blindfolded so that he was unable to see the house or where it was yeah Uh, food was offered him several times but he could not eat Late, late Sunday night, one of his captors told him that he would be freed and would not be harmed. You got a raw deal, he quoted this man as saying to him. His diamond ring was returned to him, but his captors kept the $72.
2: Fuck, they should have fucking uh, kept cash. the ring. Give him the money. Give him the money back. I mean, I'm not on the side of the kidnappers, but they that was quite yeah. dumb to give him back the ring. Anyway. Yeah.
4: So they gave him back his ring. Uh, it ga- then gets a bit hard to read from the, the scans of the newspaper. But yeah. uh, either way, he actually told the police... He didn't recognize the uh, the the men.
2: So he didn't recognize the voices, didn't nothing. Oh, okay. So he didn't know them. Okay. Hmm.
4: Uh, he didn't recognize them, but he then later off the records uh, told newspaper reporters that he didn't know them, but he kept quiet for business reasons.
3: Oh. Okay.
2: Right. Okay. Hmm.
4: Upon his release, reports said that he lived in obscurity. I spent the rest of, oh yeah, so he got, remember earlier on I said he got arrested. Yes. Yeah. After, in, in like 1937, so about almost 10 years after this. Uh, so yeah, Holstein was arrested eventually for legal, illegal gambling and served three years in prison. And then when he was released from that, he lived in kind of obscurity and spent the rest of his life supporting various charities. He passed away in Harlem in 1944, some months before the Second World War
1: ended. But he was um, nearly 70, which to, by 67. today's standards is no age, but yeah. like, he lived a life. I
3: yeah. mean, if you
2: add for inflation, though, Susie's he's probably about 98.
3: <laughs> he's 400 years old. This is incredible.
4: One of the theories, and it's a fairly obvious one, mm. about who might have kidnapped him when yeah. this was sort of like in 1928 and uh, he'd made a lot of money from Sort of like pioneering this particular version of the illegal lottery. Yeah. He was the Belita King, right? He was the Belita yeah. King.
1: He was Belita King. <laughs> That's his name.
4: Who was it that fancied a slice of that oh. Belita pie? Oh,
2: you, well, we yeah, are, apart from me and Seuss, who was it? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> okay, course. gotcha. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Dixie Davis, the courthouse mm-hmm. attorney. Double Dixie. D.
3: Yeah. Double D. <laughs> uh,
4: so sweet let's D. Uh, so Dixie Davis. <laughs> his real name was uh, uh, Richard J. Richard Davis.
3: Richard. Crap D- name.
1: Dixie. Nah.
2: Dix, Dixie's way better.
1: It's so cute. He was born in
4: 1905, so that meant he was quite young when this was happening.
1: Okay, he was alive yeah. when Rasputin was around. Mm. Uh,
4: he was a lawyer, admitted to the New York State Bar in 1927, so he was 22, uh, mm. and That's then he young, started he it? started his own yeah. firm. Mm in New York City, specialising in defending mobsters.
1: Oh, that doesn't sound dodgy. No, that's, yeah. (laughs)
4: Many of Dixie Davis's clients were African-Americans involved in the numbers game in Harlem.
5: Right. That's probably how he
2: got the inside track to take it over. That's pretty good.
4: Mm. Uh, And then he thought, oh, I could take control of this. But this was in the early 30s, four years after this kidnapping. Masood, I've just
1: looked up a picture of him.
4: Yeah, Of Dixie Davis?
1: Uh, yeah, and one of the first pictures is him on the phone and he looks like he's saying, take it to 300k! <laughs> yeah, Masood, uh, look up Dixie Davis.
4: There's another picture of him in a hat and he looks like Kendall Roy.
1: Ha <laughs> ha he does, he looks like Kendall Roy but with like a fatter face.
4: Oh um, yeah, <laughs> holy shit, he does. That's woo-hoo. nuts. So he wanted a slice of this pie, he thought he could take control. Yeah. Uh, so he then brought in... Dutch Schultz who he was the lawyer of oh yes of course to to try and help him take control of the numbers game but eventually mm-hmm. he ended up losing control to Schultz anyway
2: yeah, yeah? oh yeah because Schultz took it all over Schultz took yeah. everything
4: yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Davis had the idea of taking it over he just brought Schultz in to help him now oh, Schultz, yeah. uh, Schultz yeah. was also a fairly young guy he was born in 1901 so at this point he was only in his 20s as well sure. he, he was an American uh, uh, mobster involved in bootlegging and the numbers racket but um he was uh, Weakened I guess by uh, Two trials For tax evasion uh, uh, And uh, Schultz's Rackets Were also threatened By another Mobster who We've all heard of Okay Lucky Luciano Luciano yes I was about to say yeah,
1: yeah. I'm celebrating.
2: And I guess Schultz then took, you know, that weakened thing. He he sort of settled down for a bit. And then he wrote Peanuts. um,
1: peanuts. Um.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, these two tax evasion trials had weakened him, they've been (laughs) led by a prosecutor called Thomas Dewey. Uh, Schultz, in an attempt to avoid conviction, asked the commission for permission to kill Dewey, but they refused him. But Schultz disobeyed them and made an attempt to kill. Oh, shit. To kill Dewey anyway. Yeah. Uh, and for disobeying the com, uh, the commission, yeah, disobeying the commission, the they ordered, commission. they ordered the the execution, uh, the murder of uh, Schultz.
2: Oh shit! So they're like, oh <laughs> wait, wait, wait! So they went, you tried to kill him, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> Fuck. Okay.
0: Wow. Uh,
4: okay. Schultz's real name was uh, Arthur Flagenheimer.
2: Flagenheimer seems a bit more powerful in the mobster.
1: Is there an element of covering up Germanic names? Yeah. because the war is still fresh in people's memory. Yeah, that's, that's probably what it
4: is. Uh, possibly, I guess.
1: It's me, Arthur Smith. But then his
4: his his nickname was his nickname was Dutch, and I know that's not necessarily German. No, but no. but but. but Flägenheimer became better known as Dutch Schultz, because Dutch is a corruption of Deutsch.
2: Oh, I see. Right, right, right. But then, where does Schultz come from? He just he just picked that out of nowhere.
4: Uh, that's a good question. Uh oh he went back to work at a place called Schultz Trucking.
2: Ah uh, okay. okay
4: right so okay. yeah he just went
2: Oh that'll be a good name. Right. Yeah. Uh,
4: anyway um he became involved Convoy. in a lot of the g- <laughs> in a lot of the gang wars. Okay. Uh, ooh Obviously when he was brought in by Dixie Davis his lawyer yeah to, tr- yeah. to help Dixie take control of the numbers game Dutch was like I want to do it. That's yeah.
2: I want it I want the whole pie and I don't want to give you a slice. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to all of it. And then and you'll come to get some, and I'll be like, there's not left. Yeah, adult. he's I'm like adult. Andrew
1: Garfield in and the social network going, I'm not coming back for 20%. I'm coming back for everything. Yeah. And then he's like, what? And then he does. Huh? <laughs> and then Justin Timberlake, he yeah. goes to punch him, and Justin Timberlake goes, ooh.
4: <laughs> As Costs rose to def- to defend himself during his tax evasion cases, mm-hmm. he had to reduce the commission he paid to those running his rackets. Mm-hmm. so that yeah. he had the money to fight his legal fight, problems yeah yeah right yeah but th- obviously that's going to disgruntle his workers
2: yeah
4: and they they held a mass protest meeting and declared a strike so the cash flow his cash flow dried up he was forced to back down and then that damaged his relationship between his gang and their associates oh shit so he ended up sort of through tax evasion not being able to um, carry on doing what he was doing
2: this is why you should always pay your taxes kids always pay <laughs> your taxes Yeah. Even if you're a mobster,
4: he arranged a meeting with Luciano through the commission. Yeah, this did he get their insane. permission, is, or I think this is how desperate he was because th- this wasn't his religion before. But in order to convince Luciano that he was okay and to help him, he converted to Roman Catholicism.
3: What? No, okay, okay, I
1: mean, sure, why not? So that was
2: a thing. Like that's quite a big thing for Luciano is that you were
4: because uh, Dewey had been prosecuting him in these tax evasion trials he proposed to the national crime syndicate that he be, that dewey be murdered but luciano argued that assassinating dewey would just make the law massively crack down on them yeah so it's the commission work. the national crime syndicate the commission then voted unanimously against it yeah and schultz was pissed off and said that he would kill dewey anyway walked out of the meeting and then, they
1: killed mm-hmm. him. And
4: then the leader we've spoken about him before albert anastasia who was the leader of Murder, Inc. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, shit. Murder, Inc. That takes me back.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, they, he approached Luciano with information that Schultz had asked him to stake out to his apartment. And upon hearing the news, the commission held a discreet meeting. After six hours of that meeting, they ordered Louis Buchhal- Buchhalter. We've yeah. spoken about him before as well. When, I think when we were doing Bugsy Seagal. I was going to say, it's, I think he's a Bugsy. I think. To eliminate Schultz. And Schultz, he was yeah. shot on October the 23rd, 1935. After uh, sure. this, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, while he was in the bathroom of uh, Palace Chop House,
1: Oh, okay.
5: Okay.
4: They entered the back room of the restaurant, fired numerous times at the Schultz gang members. Uh, Schultz staggered out of the bathroom, clutching his... This sounds like we've seen this scene a million times. Yes, absolutely. Clutching his side, he sat at the table. He called for anyone who could hear him to get an ambulance. Rosencrantz, who was his personal bodyguard, uh, called for an ambulance before he lost consciousness. The first ambulance arrived... Medics determined that uh, Rosenkrantz and another guy named Lando they were more seriously wounded and they needed to be taken to the hospital. So it was a second ambulance that came and took Schultz.
2: Oh shit! Not the first. Okay, right. No, because
4: uh, he wasn't as severely, severely injured, injured yeah. and then yeah. Schultz was drifting in and out of consciousness. Like, consciousness. They tried to comfort him and get information. He was given brandy to relieve his pain. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> he didn't die uh, for twenty nine hours. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> You, as soon and as he, he said did, die, and then he went four, I was like, oh, that's going to be in. This sounds like ar- the sort horrible. of
1: thing where at 29 hours, you're like, well, could go either way. Miracle when he died.
4: He, he was read the last rites uh, just before he went into surgery. He died of peritonitis from the gunshot wound. Oh, so Which like is, it poisoned okay.
2: him, right? The lead yeah. in the bullet or whatever.
4: Uh, Schultz's last words were transcribed by a police stenographer. Do you want to know what they were? Oh, I'd yeah. love to. They, they were gibberish because he was like...
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> was he going, archaic? fun yeah these are the last (laughs) words
4: these are the last words of eminent new york mobster dutch schultz yeah yeah a boy has never wept nor dashed a thousand kin you can play jacks and girls do that with a soft ball and do tricks with it oh oh dog biscuit and when he is happy (laughs) he doesn't get snappy and then he died
2: sit ubu sit Good dog. (laughs) dog. (laughs) Um, um,
5: um, 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 um.
3: (laughs) And the cops are like, "Be quiet, Schultz is talking." Um, um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) So, look at
3: Masood; he's got COVID. Oh, I'm dead.
4: (laughs) Um, Some say that Schultz was responsible for the kidnapping of Casper Holstein. Yeah. Because right. they wanted control of the numbers game. Yeah. But just that didn't up. all actually happen until 4 years after the kidnapping anyway. Uh, so, yeah. but it probably suggests that the motive is still the same. Whoever kidnapped him, whoever it was, wanted, wanted. control of the numbers game.
2: I mean, could it sure. be uh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten his rival's name, the
4: the, the Oh, man. Stephanie Sinclair.
2: Potentially, I was thinking it might have been Stephanie because. I was hoping
1: she'd come up again. <laughs> yeah,
2: she. It seems like you know she claimed, and maybe she did come up with it at, at the same time, and she does hold a stake in that. You know, she didn't get there first. She probably still had a good numbers game,
4: I imagine. Probably yeah. wasn't. Oh, I see what you mean. So she, yeah, she's a bit annoyed that um, she thinks she invented it. She wanted a bit his more of the, Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, mm. she she wanted a bit more of slice of the pie and. and
0: so.
4: If you wanted to talk more about Stephanie St Clair and may, like maybe see if she holds up as a as a suspect, yeah, she was born on Christmas Eve, eighteen ninety seven. Tomorrow is her hundred and twenty fourth birthday. Wow! Whoa. So she was
1: young, man. Because in my head, I'm picturing like the movie of all this. Because it sounds amazing. Yeah. She's Queen Latifah, but actually Queen Latifah would be too old.
2: Uh, maybe Regina, Regina King. Regina King could
4: play her easy.
1: Regina King's probably too old as well. Do you reckon? No. I reckon.
4: You want somebody in a, in their thirties for this.
1: Oh, really? do you know who? who? Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Do you yes. know? I know her.
4: Yeah, you've said.
1: Ah, uh, dropped that in already. Do
4: you know who would actually work? She's a little bit older, but she can play younger. Is Suze Danae Grera. Oh. Who's that? She.
1: Denae
4: it, she was Michonne in The Walking Dead. Oh and then she's gone on to do. She's in the the Marvel movies. Uh, is Black Panther. she? Yes. I didn't know
1: she'd gone on to do, Yes, 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 I've seen Black Panther. I should have recognised her. Yeah, Koye. Um, she is really fantastic. Yeah, she's brilliant. Because um, she's actually got good comedy chops.
4: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I um, think that Stephanie's funny.
4: She could play uh, Stephanie Saint Clair. Yeah, love it but she actually she there, sh- uh, there should be a movie about her because she resisted the mafia's interests for se- like for years after prohibition ended yeah. and so became a her. local legend for her public denunciations of corrupt police and for resisting mafia control um, awesome. and as like Casper as well as running the numbers game she was uh, an activist for the black community Ooh. Oh. right so yeah she came up against the Uh, the Mafia. So after the end of Prohibition, Jewish and Italian American crime families saw a decrease in profits and decided to move in on Harlem gambling scene. Mm -hmm. Dutch Schultz was the first to move in, beating and killing numbers operators who would not pay him protection.
5: Yeah. Okay.
4: St. Clair and her chief enforcer, Bumpy Johnson, Mm -hmm. refused to pay protection to Schultz, despite the violence and intimidation by police that they faced. St. Clair responded by attacking the storefronts of businesses that ran Schultz's betting operations, and she tipped off the police about him. Yeah. So oh, this sure. resulted in the police raiding his house. She had balls of steel, basically. Yeah, Sounds holy like shit. it. Because of her, the police arrested more than a dozen of Schultz's employees, and they seized... Oh, my God. Stephanie St. Clair cost Schultz $12 million. In today's money, $190 million.
2: <gasps> Actually, she's, she's no way that she would have kidnapped. She
4: stood up to him. She never submitted to Dutch Schultz, unlike many others in Harlem.
2: I think like she's definitely absolutely not I completely rescind my even my my pointed finger at her like she's dealing with far bigger better fish yeah. than fucking absolutely not absolutely
4: not after coming up against Schultz like this quite so much yeah in order to stay away from the police she had to become legitimate so yeah. she passed on her criminal businesses to Bumpy hey
3: <laughs> bumpy
2: Bumpy gets illegal.
4: <laughs> Eventually, Bumpy ended up negotiating with Lucky Luciano, so Lucky took over Schultz's spots with a percentage going to Bumpy.
2: Ah, in my and okay. that, mean, that
4: that meant the Italians uh, under Lucky they had to go to Bumpy first if they ever had any problems in Harlem.
2: Oh shit! Okay, wow, that's pretty.
4: Luciano realised that the struggle with the five families, yeah, the Italian American Mafia, was hurting their business. So Schultz was obviously we know this assassinated in 1935 on the orders of the commission hmm. although stephanie st clair wasn't involved in that at all no she was remembered for sending an infamous telegram to his bed that said oh. as ye sow, so shall ye reap
5: wow, wow. oh that's so
3: good
1: eat my shit
4: <laughs> yeah the telegram made headlines across the nation holy shit. And by the 1940s bumpy johnson had become the reigning king in harlem while St. Clair became less and less involved in the numbers game. Yes. She yeah. retired, and then she started a new era of her life as an advocate for political reform. So in the late 1930s, she met her husband, mm.
5: uh,
4: Sufi Abdul Hamid. Right. He was an African-American religious and labor leader mm. and was among the first African-American converts to Islam.
2: Ah, yeah,
5: yes. Okay.
4: However, he was known as the Black Hitler. For his anti-Semitic oh, Nazi fashion of act- activism. Dear,
1: I mean, a shame. <laughs> yeah,
2: we were doing so well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, yay! Oh.
4: The marriage marriage went down very quickly because oh, uh, he
1: was an anti-Semite. Uh, uh, she was a legend.
4: Officially ended in January 1938 when Saint Clair shot him.
2: Oh, good! I'm loving this woman more and more. I'm <laughs> during really during
4: a fight over an alleged affair he'd had. Wow. And she was sentenced to two to ten years. At the correct bedford hills correctional facility for women in new york she was released from prison in the early 40s and after that she lived a secluded life and was reported to having successfully transitioned from underworld figure to legitimate prosperous businesswoman Amazing. she continues to write columns in the local newspaper about discrimination police brutality illegal search raids, and other issues facing the black community uh, yeah. she died quietly and wealthy in 1969 just before her 73rd birthday Whoa. bumpy johnson who'd he- come back to live with her and write poetry he died one year earlier but her death was not mentioned in any newspaper of the era, so she'd kind of become less famous. However, that's the story of Stephanie St. Clair. Uh,
2: that's, uh, that's pretty
3: that's cool. So cool.
4: Um,
2: yeah, she def- I think I think we're going back to Schultz. I feel like Schultz feels like he's a guy with a real chip on his shoulder. But you know what I mean? it feels like a real fucking... Really but it doesn't work for Schultz, does it? No.
4: <laughs> Unless they made several attempts. And this was the and one, on, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and like, it was cloak and dagger for a bit, let's kidnap him and stuff, uh, until like... The early '30s, when they were just like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna take it. Let's just kill people that don't pay us the money." But that seems like a long time for them to come to that conclusion. Yeah, when bad gangsters. And they would have so, definitely just
2: done it. They wouldn't have fucked about. I don't know. Done
4: it. I don't know who kidnapped Casper Holstein. It would have just been a bunch of bums. But he knew. A- if you li- if you believe if you believe the reporters, he knew. He just wouldn't tell him for business reasons. But it could have just. That's yeah. probably it probably means it was a gangster. Yeah,
2: yeah sure. It, it. it could have just been some bums, though. As in, like, he knows them because he, you know, it's like like he would have been like I know the, I know your daddy I know who fucking runs you so yeah. I'll say nothing
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know they're a bunch of like little shit heels that think they could make it big and impress
1: listen you fucker you shitheel <laughs> here's a man who stood up
2: uh thanks Chris that was a fucking excellent
1: that that so- was awesome this this I think more than most other episodes is the movie that needs to be made. Yes,
4: definitely. Really you'd you if you if you could only have one episode of Mystery on the Rocks that made into a movie, you'd pick this one.
1: Yeah, this and when you said are you the fat gay vegan?
2: <laughs> That's a movie. That's, That's definitely a movie. A
1: movie. <laughs> Hi, you're the fat gay vegan No, you didn't say are you, you said you're the fat gay vegan. Yeah, I just and went up to the blessing. You like,
2: didn't say are you? You're <laughs> <laughs> You are
5: <laughs> but and, not even, and he's I like
1: and he was like, well, you're the massive fucking arsehole. Well, Chris like, the wow, thing, the right? fat gay vegan's rude. <laughs> I
4: tell this story, and uh, it's funny because I can tell you the reason. Yes. Yeah. I don't know this bloke. I've never seen him again in my life. He tells this story, if he still does. What's th- to him? Yeah. It's not a funny story, is it, for him?
5: <laughs> oh
2: No, he, if he's been telling it for... When did it happen? How many years ago? Uh,
4: um, I... want. Jesus that's horrible Because I don't know How time passes anymore life. I want to say I, I want to say like Five or six No longer I'd probably say about like seven, seven. maybe oh, seven, really? seven, seven, possibly eight Yeah So okay. he, he's learned
2: To make it funny Somebody has laughed At the story The first time The first few times He told it uh, he, Somebody laughed at him And he's like oh. yeah. So he's He's, he's fucking writing The well, coattails kind of, of this like... story
4: <laughs> Your version's better yeah, His version like, I, remember when, I remember when those, <laughs> I remember when those I remember when those Fresh boys walked past me and they, said, <laughs> fresh boys. And they the said fresh boys and yeah they were like 14 and they went uh they went all right quendo and i was like i don't know what that means quendo? and then i told yeah. Suze and she thought it was really funny <laughs> so i guess like if he tells a story he's like he got he gets home and he's like his, his wife is like honey what's the matter <laughs> and he's Maybe. like oh nothing nothing Maybe. nothing and then he, he takes he kicks his shoes off and then she, <laughs> she goes. I told you not to do that. And he's like, yeah. Well, I'm, uh. And then she realizes that something is on his mind, so she shouldn't have really be ragging on him about kicking the shoes <laughs> off. <And laughs> he goes in. He goes You're into the ball kitchen. And chain. He goes into the kitchen and he 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 puts the kettle on, clicks the kettle on, and then he goes and sort of like leans on the work surface like that. Yeah. And then she comes in and she goes, Oh my God, what's the matter? What is the matter? And he's like, Honey, do I? Do I look like a fat gay vegan? <laughs>
1: and then she looks at the floor, embarrassed. <laughs> she, she went and she goes, I was praying this would never come up. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, my God, I do, don't I? I do. And then she's like, And why? she's
1: boiling courgettes on the side and she goes, <laughs> I made you dinner. And then they both tear up, but they embrace because they finally admitted the uh, elephant he... in the room not no pun intended and then the elephant they, in the room yeah the fat gay vegan look at those E-A-R-S <laughs> 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 but then they make passionate love for 40 minutes
5: bang
2: on 40 <laughs> 40 minutes for well, quick quick success. succession's about to start <laughs>
1: we've got just enough time mm. to bang before succession <laughs> and she and he's like but it's on demand and she looks to camera and goes hmm and then the courgettes boil over and, and they burn in the pan and the house comes and then they turn into they, mush just like they, my
4: grandma likes the
2: and my dad and then
1: the house burns down and they died that night
2: <laughs> this is my second favourite story <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite? the story of our lord Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was you his know. birthday recently it was his
4: birthday the happy other day.
1: birthday baby what you don't know listeners readers is that Masood opens epi- every episode by saying and let us give facts to baby Jesus. <laughs> <Eve." laughs> just cut it out Mas- who thinks he's called Jesus
2: <laughs> you just cut out all we of my we cut it skin. out every time
4: he says, he says grace at the start of every episode
1: <laughs> yeah but he just says grace he sings Jeff Buckley's
3: grace, grace. <laughs> there's a moon asking to stay <laughs>
4: I hope you all have a lovely, lovely new year. Happy new year. We will see you in 2022. Would you like to
3: end on a song?
4: Yeah, have you got one?
1: Yeah.
3: Ooh. Maybe it's much too early in the game. Ooh, but I'd like to ask you just the same. What are you doing, New Year's? New Year's Eve
1: that's an actual song oh yeah lovely thank you and if you're listening to this now it should be like well this episode will come out on the 30th of December yes just just before two
4: days early for the Mm patrons
1: I don't know at this point whether I'm in the Maldives or not so check my Twitter to find out if I am or not I have to pass a fit to fly PCR on the 26th what if it comes back and they're like you don't have CODIV CODIV (laughs) you don't have CODIV (laughs) Yeah, Codiv, bitch. They're like, what if they go, yeah, your test results came back. You don't have COVID, but you're too ugly to fly. And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> too ugly to fly. And
2: then they do that, U-G-L-Y.
1: You're too ugly to fly. You're ugly. <laughs> and, then I, and then I have to do an Edinburgh show next year saying too ugly for the skies.
4: Too ugly for the Maldives. That's a great title <laughs> yeah,
1: for something. It is good, isn't it? I'd see that show and then I'd go along and see it and be like, that girl is too ugly for the Maldives. And I'd be like, "Oh, I can't believe they shouted that!" It's yeah, from yeah, like, the back year. of the
2: room before the show even starts. Yeah. Cheers I can't to believe little Chris little... Masood! Shouted that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I always knew they thought I was a pig. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll be back next year. Happy New and Year! We've got so many geopolitical things to talk about. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash mystery on the rocks. Rocks is spelled R O X. Follow us on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com dot slash mystery on the rocks. Spelled C K S. Join for all the great features. I'm a, I'm Suze Kenner, too ugly to fly. <laughs> I love,
2: you almost said I'm Masood and I would have kept that in. I'm
1: Masood. <laughs> I'm Suze and Soons. now you to pretend <laughs> to be Suze do the voice Okay. <laughs> the
4: reason is is that Masood always does the admin so when you do the admin it's sort of like you finish by saying I'm, I'm Masood and I'm oh, Masood, no, 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 no. Masood yeah. and
1: then Masood has an impression of me and I'm so offended by it I leave yeah. the podcast forever
4: <laughs> it's really annoying that you swap and I'm still Chris I can't escape <laughs> I can't I escape just went, it. oh yeah now he's still, still Chris. <laughs> Chris, ha-
1: Chris Chris has to pretend to be one of our guests he's like really enjoyed being a guest on the <laughs> show I'm like oh
4: no it's fine no, I, I'll role play as myself in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'll go. I'll go wait in the car. Yeah. Until you're done.
5: <laughs>
2: oh, bye everybody. You. Bye.
1: bye. bye. Hey, happy New Year's. Listen to Mr. Underrocks.
3: <laughs>